Hi, everybody. Eve Harrow, Director of Tourism and Education for One Israel Fund. It is Sunday, October 29th, 2023, moving from the 14th to the 15th day of Cheshvan, 5784. And I'm very honored to have with us for a very brief time, she's a very busy lady, the former Minister of the Interior and of Justice in Israel, Ayelet Shaked. Um, due to her friendship with our Director General here in Israel, Rocheli Vassal, and she graciously agreed to give us a few minutes of her time tonight to explain to us what is happening here in Israel from her very valuable perspective and unique perspective. Ayala Chaked, thank you so much for joining us here on this One Israel Fund webinar. My pleasure. So we know from your experience in the Knesset, and I certainly hope from your future experience in the Knesset, that you are devoted to Yudav Shamron, to not having the two-state solution to the growth of the Jewish communities here in Yudav Shamron. And uh, one of the things that One Israel Fund has been doing in the last, not just in the last three weeks, but for 30 years, is also equipping the um, the first responders, the Kitot Konanut, who now everybody knows who the first responders are, not just in Yudava Shomron, but in the western side of Gaza, the, um, the, the, the western side of the Negev, the people who bravely and paying a tremendous price held off the um, the barbarians until until the army could get there. And so I want to thank you for your continued support for this organization, for your understanding of the importance of what you do. So perhaps can you tell us maybe, because I think that a lot of people who are watching tonight don't really know what happened on October 7th, uh, three weeks ago. So from your perspective, can you explain a little bit of how you see it? Yes, thank you. Um, I will explain um, because I assume that in the in the media around the world, um, they are not like telling all the details. And I think that especially the Jewish people and the diaspora, uh, the people in the diaspora should know the details. So as you know, in the morning, 6.30 a.m., a mass quantity of uh, barbarians, monsters, um, just uh, enter our uh, villages uh, in uh, in, Ga- in in around Gaza, uh, and the Kitat Koninut, they were the first um, to fight them. There were uh, villages in which the IDF arrived only at noon, uh, so they were like many hours that they were alone, fighting alone with the weapon that they have. Uh, I know a guy from the Kitat Koninut of Berry, for example, that fight and fight and fight in Berry. The army arrived at about 9, 9.30 a.m., but there was hundreds of hundreds of Hamas terrorists there. So there were fights like more than one day. So he was in the Kitat Koninut, he fight back. When he ran out of uh, the bullets, he took bullets from one of his friends that uh, was wounded. And he fight and fight. And only after he didn't have any more bullets, they killed him. But as long as, you know, he has... He had a he had a, he had his weapon with the bullets, he could survive. And so... Kitat Koninut in some villages, when there were about like 20, 20 uh, uh, terrorists, the Kitat Koninut itself succeed to, to push them, to push them back. 
But of course, if it's like 10, 12 people in the Kitab Koninut and 100, 20, 100 of terrorists, it's impossible. Uh, those monsters, um, they did atrocities that, that we never saw a thing in the world even since the Holocaust. Uh, just today, I heard a testimony uh, of a woman that was raped for a few hours with 25 monsters. They put a gun to the mouth of, his, of, of her partner and just raped her in front of his eyes for a few hours. They, uh, they decapitated children, they handcuffed parents and children and tortured the parents in front of the eyes of the children. Uh, they murdered small babies in their beds, really horrible things um, that you can't even imagine. And I'm not giving all the details even right now. And they also kidnapped uh, around 230 people, 30 children. And they, keep, they kidnapped also young girls. The Hamas kidnapped the, the, the majority, the Islamic Jihad. And there was also civilians who entered the breach in the fence and just kidnapped Jews to be uh, the sex slave or something in the homes in Gaza. So currently there are Jewish girls in Gaza that they are even now under the Hamas responsibility, they just in the houses of civilians. Uh, and God knows what they are doing to them. So this is the situation. It's very tough. We're of course going to beat them, um, but it's a huge, huge tragedy. Uh, and since then, the all kitot koninut around Israel became uh, like armed. The government sent guns, not enough, but they are sending, you know, to all Israel, to the north, to the Jia and Samaria, actually less because, you know, some of them have, but not enough. So I assume that if you can help them, with all the equipment, it will be very important. So just you know to clarify, when Israel Fund does not deal with weapons at all, we deal with protecting the people who are wielding the weapons to give them wonderful vests and helmets and lights and everything. This is what they need. This is medical. what they need. Exactly. Yeah, they need mainly the equipment to protect them. Exactly. The helmets, the vests. Right. Uh, and uh, it's pretty crucial because you know also this conflict we can never know what will happen whether the Hezbollah will attack us what will happen in Judea and Samaria we don't know mm -hmm. we did learn that the citizens in the Kitat Koninut are really it's like the first response and sometimes for hours it's the only response so we need to protect them as much as we can. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of wonderful organizations that help Jews all over the world do not help people living in Judea and Samaria for political right. reasons. And right. that's why it's real fun to fill in those gaps. Right. So we are getting donations. Really, the, the Jewish community around the world really opened their hearts. And we are getting a lot of donations, mainly 
to the villages in the south. But um, as Eve said, we need also to give equipment to all the villages in Israel, in the north, in the center, in Judea and Samaria. And if you can help with that, it will be great. No one is under any illusion anymore in Israel who our neighbors are and how this can happen. And it's a battle, but we're also fighting a media battle that I know you have been very involved with. There's, um, there are people who are denying that this happened. There are shocking rallies that are happening around the world supporting Hamas barbarians. And I know that many of the people who are watching this now are suffering from that themselves, are frightened, have also, you know, have also uh, have more security around their synagogues. People that I'm speaking with who are thinking of taking the mezuzah off the doorpost of their house. So what what would you say, you know, to the people who are listening in terms of that? Should they lay low? Should they be proud of what's happening in Israel? Because what we have here in Israel is, when you mentioned the Holocaust, but we're not in the Holocaust anymore, Yelit. We are warriors. We are not victims. Nobody's going to mess with the Jews anymore and get away with it. And you, we feel that so strongly here in Israel. I know you as a mother and me as a mother. We feel that very strongly. We're hurting. We're crying. We're shocked with what happened. But they're never going to be able to do this again. And how can we encourage our good friends who are not here in Israel um, to also, you know, get that pride and get that strength from us? First of all, of course, you should be proud. There is, of course, rays of anti-Semitism anti around the world. You feel it, we see it. Uh, and we need to fight, to fight the lies, to fight, um, to fight the bad guys. You know, I gave interview to the BBC a few days ago, and they interviewed before me a spokesman of the Hamas in Beirut. And he just sits there and he's saying, we are not, we are not targeting civilian. We didn't want to target civilian. And, you know, after the interview, um, the interviewer asked me, how do you want to, to comment? So I said, I am about to vomit. And then I describe the atrocities that they did of course, to civilians. So we need to fight on our truth. Actually, I'm now pushing the government to release the videos, the tough videos that we have from the cameras that those monsters had on their bodies. They had cameras on their bodies and there are videos with the atrocities that they did. And of course, even if we release it, the mass media, CNN, Fox, BBC, they will not broadcast it. But uh, at least people will know that it happened. Uh, and I really urge you, you know, to follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, to follow other uh, people in Israel that are dealing with Asbara and also in the U.S. and and to spread and share the the material that we are putting there, the videos, the interviews, the facts, uh, and to understand that we need to fight on the truth because there is a horrible, horrible uh, lies in the media, and you know Muslims around the world and. People who support the Palestinians, they have influence in the media, they have influence around the world, and we need to fight them back, just to fight back, 
not to give up, to be proud, and to fight on our truth. And everyone can do it from his home. If he's being active in, in uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and TikTok, it's pretty easy. You need to share, share, and share the videos and, and the material that we produce. It's not an easy thing to do. I mean, we watch these things and these were human beings. And, um, but I don't think we have a choice right now. I agree with you, Ayelet. It's just, we're we're fighting all these lies and we want to respect the people that were killed and we don't want to show them in the horrible way that they died, but we're fighting a much bigger battle right now. Um, there are people who are saying it's almost like our second battle of independence, right? We had in 1948, and now we're fighting to keep that independence. And we really don't know. We're sitting here on October 29th. We don't know what it'll be in an hour or in a week because we have enemies all around us funded by Qatar and by Iran, and they're waiting to see what's happening here. And uh, and we, we all need to be in this together, whether you're in Israel or you're not in Israel. And there was a point that I wanted to ask you because for years, you have been very active in working with the ultra-Orthodox community in Israel as well. Um, and a lot of the tensions that we had three weeks ago, which feels like two years ago before the war, had to do with perhaps them not taking as big a part in Israeli society. And now we've seen in the last three weeks, as you also worked on and were very close to, a tremendous outpouring of closeness from all the different sectors, uh, very much especially the uh, the ultra-Orthodox. So can you speak about that for a little? Because you have many connections in that world, and they have just risen in the last three weeks in ways that really take my breath away. From Zaka, the organization that's identifying the bodies and, and taking care of them as holy work, picking up every piece of tissue and blood that they find to people who have now volunteered for the army, um, you know, thousands. So first of all, I want to thank you for you doing that work, you know, earlier so that it was, you know, so much, it was right there for them. And what are your think? what are your thoughts on, on that, on that positive aspect that's happening now in Israel? Israel is now very united um, and um, the ultra-Orthodox community um, it's not like thousands, but two, two, two thousand of them um, said that they are willing and want to join the army, and it is important. It's an important step. And um, Zaka are doing really something that I can't. I don't have the words even in Hebrew no, well, to express what holy they are doing. Holy work. Maybe that's the closest we can come. Yeah, a holy work. Um, their testimony is also very important. They say that never in their life they saw those atrocities. Um, uh, and some of them, actually all of them, they really need now uh, mental care um, after what they saw. Um, so yes, Zaka, most of them are from the ultra-Orthodox community. They are doing a holy work. And 2,000 uh, young uh, people from the ultra-Orthodox community said that they want to join the army. Uh, they are not going to be fighters, but to help. And it's also very important. And I hope, we all hope, that this will be the trigger 
that more and more ultra-Orthodox will be part of the army because currently, like in every year, there are about 12,000 that can be part of the army. And out of them, more or less something like 1,000 1, are joining. Uh, and we hope that the numbers will be bigger after the war. Uh, my uh, older my uh, older son, uh, his name is Uri, and he was recruited to the army a month ago, almost two months ago. He's 18 years old, and he joined uh, to the naval officer course. Uh, and I'm very proud of him. And definitely, I think that the ultra-Orthodox community, you know, I have a very good friends from the ultra-Orthodox community. And I told my friends, your sons, your son should be joined as well. Mm-hmm. And I hope that it will happen the, maybe after the war, but the numbers, the, the numbers will be will be bigger. Well, we have also seen them fill in on so many other facets. One of my sons was sent and is still up in the northern border near Lebanon. And when they got up there, the people who were driving the buses and bringing them back and forth to the different bases and providing meals and bringing whatever they need were tremendous numbers of ultra-Orthodox. And, you know, the army is incredibly important, but there's a whole civilian sector that has really pulled together in ways that are just breathtaking to see on the positive sense, as awful as the enemy is, is as great as the Israelis are in just so many ways. And also one of the things, and I know that you have spoken about this and tried to do something about this when you were in the government, is we have become very dependent on the Arab population within Israel, 20% of Israelis uh, in the hospitals and the pharmacies, also as drivers, And now there's a sense that perhaps they're not trustworthy. I mean, I'm sure many of them are, but there's a disquiet among Israelis because certain posts have been come up where they're pro-Hamas, people who had very high positions and very important positions because so many Israelis believed in integrating and having that kind of a society. And now there's a sense that maybe there's an enemy within us, not just in Judea and Samaria, but within Israel itself. And that has been, I think that that loss of personal safety for many Israelis, especially after October 7th, is perhaps the most difficult thing on the home front. Because as you said, your son went in, my sons are in, and they're fighting on the front front. But there's a lot of people who are left in our homes with our children and um, and who also have to be strong and who also have to be concerned about what's going on. What is your feeling, if you if you care to comment about that? So, um, so far, um, the persecution and the police, they are uh, suing, and actually they are um, submitting a criminal indictment against uh, people that support the Hamas. Uh, they did it to a famous actress uh, yesterday, and I just saw that uh, in the academy, in the Hebrew University in Jerusalem, they threw out uh, one of the members that support the Hamas. So we are trying to fight uh, this 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 battle as well. I think, by the way, also that the ultra-Orthodox can be a, a solution. You know that for the last year, for years since I left the government, I tried to push the academy to open a, a program 
for farm uh, in pharmacy to ultra orthodox because there are not enough uh, people who are doing that in Israel and most of them are Arabs uh, and it's uh, it's not that easy you know because they need to learn in separation to learn just class for boys and class for girls and usually the academy is against that so I try to push them to open a class for boys and class for girls to pharmacy and to encourage ultra orthodox to be part of of working of the working force. Mm-hmm. So you had mentioned to go back to some of the lies that the media is saying, but we have this problem here in Israel as well. We have certain media, especially let's talk about Haaretz, the uh, the newspaper Haaretz. We have Al Jazeera, which is Qatar's way of putting propaganda out in the world. Um, they were broadcasting here in Israel. From your position also, as you were just as an interior minister, what can be done if anything can be done to limit the damage from within Israel from some of these places. And close Al Jazeera. Currently, uh, we can just uh, ban them from a uh, broadcast from Israel. Currently, the Prime Minister Netanyahu, he doesn't want to do it, but everything is ready. Also, the um, the Attorney General approve it. So mm-hmm. actually, it's uh, the decision of the Prime Minister. Currently, from my understanding, he, he prevents it, maybe because Qatar is helping uh, with the hostages, but mm-hmm. uh, Qatar fund the Qatar funds the Hamas, Qatar support the Hamas, and Qatar wants that the Hamas will survive. Um, so you know it's up to us, to our government, to decide how they want to approach Qatar. Um, yeah, and, and and when it has to do with Israeli or even Israeli, some of the former prime ministers, Ehud Barak and Ehud Olmert, people who held the highest office in the country, who are now saying things around the world that are very damaging to Israel. I, I know we're a free society and we're so proud to be a free society and have freedom of speech. We're the only ones in the Middle East. We say it all the time and it's so true. But it seems like sometimes then people are free to almost you know, to betray the country. And uh, it seems on some level to even commit treason, especially at a time of war. But nothing can be done on we that would, level? We don't need to talk about them. The vast majority of the people in Israel are united. This yes. is not our problem. Our problem now is the Hamas, uh, the fact that they surprised us and they massacred 1,400 people uh, boys, girls, babies, children, soldiers, policemen, from elderly, uh, from our people. This is our problem. We need to eliminate the Hamas. We cannot live next to each other anymore. This is well understood in Israel. Uh, and uh, we all need to, un- to be united and to fight the enemy. I want uh, I want for for um, you know to end the conversation and to read in Hebrew tefillah uh, and I just got it. It's a tefillah for uh, for our hostages. Uh, rabbi Goren, he was the chief rabbi for the IDF, um, and in Yom Kippur war. Uh, and he wrote Fila uh, for the hostages uh, 50 years ago, and his son found it and refreshed it. Uh, and I want to read it for you. So okay? Please. Mishiberach Avoteinu, Avraham Yitzchak Yaakov, 
משה, אהרון, דוד ושלמה. הוא יברך וישמור ויציל את בנינו היקרים, חיילי צבא ההגנה לישראל ושאר הלוחמים למען ביטחון העם והארץ. ואזרחים זקנים וצעירים, נשים, גברים וטף, הנמצאים בצרה ומצוקה ונתונים למשסה וסכנה בשבי. We have 30 children, 29 children under the age of 18, also babies, small babies, little girls, that they are hostages right now. הקדוש ברוך הוא ימלא רחמים עליהם, לקיימם ולחזקם, ולהחיות רוחם ותקוותם, להציל ממסגר נפשם, להוציאם מצרה, לרווחה ומשעבוד לגאולה. ולפצועים שבהם, ישלח השם רפואה שלמה מן השמיים, רפואת הנפש ורפואת הגוף, ויזכו כולם לשוב במהרה לביתם ולארצם, בריאים ושלמים, לחיים ולשלום, ויקיים בהם דברי הכתוב, לחבוש לנשברי לב, לקרוא לשבויים דרור, ונאמר אמן. 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 So I hope, yeah, I hope that we will be able to meet again after the war with good news and to meet our hostages safe here in Israel. And if you can help us, either by strengthening the Kitot Koninut, which is very important, or by fighting our fight in the social media and, you know, standing on our truth, it will be amazing. Thank you very much. Thank you. I just want to share with the listeners something they may not know. I saw a video of you you took a few days ago. You're very involved with the Schneider Hospital, Children's Hospital, and that people were coming to you and saying, what's with the situation with the wounded children in the hospital? And maybe you can tell everyone what you said on that video. So I'm the chairman of uh, the Schneider Hospital. It's the biggest hospital for children in Israel. And... On Saturday and Sunday after the massacre, people asked me, are there many children in the hospital? So I told them, no, there are no children at all in the hospital. They either slaughter them or they kidnap them. There were no wounded children in Israel from the massacre. And actually, Eve, if you can send them the video, uh, mm-hmm. to send them this video and also my interview from the BBC, On Friday, it will be good so they can spread it to the world as well. Ayelet Shaked, thank you so much for what you do. I thank add to you. your hope that we will be able to do another webinar and just talk about wonderful things. But we have a long few weeks or a few months ahead of us. And may Hashem protect all our Chayalim, your son, my sons, everybody, and not harm a hair on their head. And um, because we are strong. And we have a lot to do to stay that way. And anyone who's on our side is on the side of good and against evil. So thank you so much again for everything you've thank done. Thank you very much. I would like to thank everyone for tuning into this webinar tonight. I know it was very short notice. Everything here is really being done on a day-to-day basis. I, of course, especially want to thank Ayala Chaked for everything that she has done for us tonight and for her support for our organization and for your support for our organization. Um, we are saving lives. We are trying to 
keep people out of the newspaper. The situation here is very much in flux. While we were taking this webinar, there were the people in the northern part of Israel were going into shelters because there were sirens. We don't know what's going to be in five minutes. We don't know what's going to be in a week. We're going to come out of this, but a lot depends on you for the price that we pay. So we're all in this together, and we appreciate everything that you do for us and that we do for you. The Jewish people are the team. We are the A-team. We are Hashem's team. Eve Harrow, Director of Tourism and Education for One Israel Fund. The link to support One Israel Fund, www.oneisraelfund.org. It's easy, it's effective, and thank you so much in advance. May we resume our webinars in peaceful times with many different topics. And Hashem Oz Lamo Iten, Hashem Yivarech, Et Amor, Shalom. Thank you all.